Hey guys, welcome to episode 99 of the Bulldog Sports Show. DJ Benny and Bull and I are both ecstatic to announce that we have booked various exciting old and new guests for episode 100. We are both pumped up to interview them and just have them join us. We can't believe that we've reached, we've got to reach 100 episodes. Never envisioned that when we started. The podcast is just for fun thing. We never realized that it was going to be this long lasting, but we greatly enjoyed our journey as sports podcasters. Stay consistent. That's the word. And so in this episode 99, we're going to get into our fun adventures, going to various, there goes that word again, uh, games that we went to (laughs) in person starting with the Chicago White Sox, my favorite team. And we had some adventures, as in we went super early. Uh, we, we came from having lunch in Chinatown once again. Uh, this time we went to a different spot. And it was CJ Hawk's first time having authentic Viet cuisine. He had the famous beef noodles in soup, a.k.a. pho, which is a tradition of my house. It's special because we don't make it all the time, but when we do, uh, we must make sure that it tastes just right. And this spot is actually chosen uh, since the last time I went. It was it was basically quite fitting. Uh, was last year at Lollapalooza. I went with a, a co-worker and also a, a friend that I finally met, RML. And we went uh, the day after um, the entire weekend, Lollapalooza. And the return happened uh, last week. What day of the week was that? The game was on a Friday. That was on a Friday, right? So here we are again. Uh, we're on recording on Friday, Earth Day, and after that, we went straight to the Guaranteed Rate Field. But, uh, before we transition, yeah, funny story about the restaurant. We got there, and TJ Van de Bull told me I know what to order. He got us the house special book for both of us, and I didn't get to look at the menu to see what was in it. I was like, okay, sounds good. And then we got You're it. You're all in for the dish. It came out. Itself. Looked very delicious. I was like, looks good. And like a little bit through the meal I was eating, I go to eat something. I was like, what is this? And I take a bite. He's like, oh, that's cow tongue. I was like, oh. AKA tripe. And I never had that before. And I, I was worried it's going to taste gross, but actually, I need to admit, it tasted just fine. Yep. It's flavorless, essentially. So the way they make it is usually in strips. So. You don't really mold it or anything, but like they usually like to cut in strips. But at this restaurant, as I remember, uh, some, a lot of places that are like ethnic food um, that are authentic, they they put the whole thing in, and so you have like the multiple strips. It's the whole like tongue essentially, but it's 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 all white, you know, a little bumpy. But you know, some people are really they really hark on the textures. But this one wasn't really about that since. Really, you can eat it plain, which is 
once again flavorless or you could dip it in the hoisin sauce which means seafood um yeah you could dip it then seafood sauce you could put some sriracha and add some flavor to it if you wanted to so it's it's not bad in my book as opposed to as opposed to all the the other quote-unquote organ meats um so yeah. yeah what would you rate your overall experience there i would rate the cleanliness of the restaurant well that's important to me i like going to a restaurant that's clean orderly tidy I've watched enough kitchen nightmares and along those lines. It's like when a restaurant looks gross, I'm I'm out of there. But this one, high cleanliness, staff friendly, good atmosphere. I enjoyed the food a lot. I would say eight out of ten. Eight out of ten, solid. All right. Then after that, actually, we're pretty rainy uh, today as we record. That day was was very rainy too rainy and more more drizzles cold cold if anything it stopped raining around the game time yeah that's right and so right before we came to actually we we stopped by this place for a you know for a nice drink but not what you think it's a super uh tradition uh of mine uh we we always went for it when i was little But uh, it's always been a favorite, a family favorite, Um, a bargain still, I would say, you know, less than, a little less than, uh, you know, three bucks now, but um, yeah, for two bucks or so, um, this soybean drink, we stopped by this cafe that had uh, pastries and some like, you know, they make like smoothies or whatnot, and, but they're known for i wasn't reading back but i knew this was the place that i i went to i went to last time with my dad to the auto show uh few years ago now uh, we stopped by this place for a uh for a snack so like afterwards we went i remember they had the amazing soybean drink essentially it is soy milk but um with a little twang to it you know a little, little more sweet so um how, how did you what, what did you rate that just the drink itself i guess <laughs> uh probably like six and a half out of ten. Six out of six and a half all right that's fair mainly because i haven't had that before and i probably wouldn't have considered having it but i thought it was a nice try nice change and i'm glad i tried it yeah I'm not going to give it, like, an unrealistic rating for me, like, 10 out of 10 or something. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I know. Um, usually it's good if you if you have it with something. But, uh, yeah, I know it's it's a nice treat for that. And what about the the place itself? Uh, Personally, I liked the pho restaurant. Like, is that obscure more? Yeah. I thought this place was fine, but... I couldn't really see myself eating a long meal there. Oh, really? Yeah. Just like based on the atmosphere there. I, I enjoy The people were yeah. nice and the food would like, it looked fine coming out of the kitchen. Yeah. That's true. It definitely came across to me as a place you would go for a fast meal or yeah. like a dessert. Or... Casual. Yeah. Yeah, that's how, that's how it is, you know, around there. 
if you wanted like dim sum or anything or you know just actual desserts pastries like uh, you'll probably be more comfy um, at Chukun Bakery, which is another place that we, we usually get our uh, birthday cakes from. You know, you have the, the fruit on top of, you know, those, um, I guess you call it white cake uh, that they make. Uh, it's very delicious. So I recommend that if you're not into, you know, the American style mm-hmm. of birthday cakes with lots of frosting and whatnot. <laughs> what they do is essentially more like icing, so it's like less on the sweet end and more so on um, if you want to be like healthy and, you know, watch your, you know, sugar intake, then that one's for you. I essentially say that it is a good, is like the best balance for, for a cake. So, okay. yeah, so, that, yeah, we went on to the game and... Yep. We we came early, got a chance to walk around. Yeah, we got to explore uh, Guaranteed Rate Field, seeing stuff I hadn't seen. We walked around the whole entire like, concourse multiple times because we got there very early, not very early, but pretty early, and the game takes a lot of while before it started. Yeah. And we got socks. That's right. We did the, <laughs> we did the, the ballpark check-in and got this uh, as our freebie they actually do that <laughs> right so like there's boots that you stop by but yeah we're able to walk around see some things that we have not in the history of being there been have a chance to see like such as the plaques the statues that they had in yeah. this section that was uh real close to where uh the dj is uh for throughout the game uh they have all the lists of different djs that play there uh and then we reached that part it looked like a mini garden because there's like a like sort of a patio upstairs that you go to the fan zone and then like below that as you're walking like uh as you are regularly there are some legends that we 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 got to see um immortalized with the statues uh some i'd never heard of before and then some familiar but the big reason being there, which we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah. We had a great time. Now for the game itself. Yeah. They were taking on the Tampa Bay Rays. And. Yeah. It was number 42, Jackie Robinson. There. Yeah, it was. So April 15th, everyone was wearing uh, number 42. So it can be confusing if you don't That's know inspired. the players very well. But honestly, for me and the rest of the people who went, I don't think it was that big of a deal Like that we didn't know the person's number. Essentially, you really pay attention to who's up to bat. Yeah. So, like, you have the big score scoreboard. Oh, yeah, they, they let you know who's up there. So, yeah, they do let you know. And then whoever's next, the name pops up on there. And you only have to look at the players. You just look up at the screen. And then yeah. You look at who's up at the plate and... And you know, through that, yeah. we we were sitting in the first level, uh, pretty close up, re- like really high up there in row, but we we're towards the outfield, so we had a great view of the outfielders. That was our best view. Yes, that's right. Yeah, it was it was a good seating. Yeah, good I enjoyed seat it. good seats. That's right. It was a good uh, return to guaranteed rate. I finally would call U.S. Cellular still. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, um, good day. It was it was it was cold, yet we yeah. we're controlled, um, and still still a good game. <laughs> now yeah. for the lineups, I guess I'll do the Rays, and you can do the Sox. Sure. All right. Uh, first pitching matchup, the pitcher for the Rays on this night was Drew Rasmussen. He came in with a decent ERA, and this was a very early game of the season, so Rasmussen only had like one or two starts coming in, but his numbers were solid coming in, and Raiders' overall performance, solid. Five innings, kept it under four runs, didn't allow too many hits or walks. No walks, actually. So overall, he was fine for a guy who's not expected to be the ace or like the best pitcher on the team. That's right. Now for the starting lineup. First, second baseman leading off, Brandon Lau. Not low. It is spelled like Lowe's, like that, the hardware store, but it's pronounced Lau. Now make that qualifier distinction because there's another player on the team who actually played the same day whose name is spelled exactly the same, but it's low, not Lau. So that's just a tidbit to mention. Batting second, best player in the team. A lot of MLB network type people are like, he could become the next A-Rod or some of the next superstar, like that good. Wander Franco, and so far, his rookie last year, very good. This season, he got off to a good start. And I definitely can see that all the tools, speed, defense, glove, bat. He has all the tools to become a superstar. Next, batting third, we had former Rookie of the Year. He made a name for himself in the 2020 MLB playoffs when he helped lead the Rays to the World Series against the Dodgers. Randy Rosarena, he burst onto the scene with fantastic home run power, fantastic defense. He was unbelievable in that playoffs. Batting cleanup, the power threat from South Korea at first base. G Man Choi. Next, batting fifth, we have third baseman, Yandy Diaz. Totally fine. He can hit a little. He has a good glove. Next batting six, rookie right fielder, Josh Lowe. Batting seventh, designated hitter, outfielder, Manuel Margot. He can hit pretty well. Light bat. His speed is his power threat. That's what he's great. Great speedster. Batting eighth, one of the best defensemen outfielders of all baseball, multiple time gold glove winner. Kevin Kiermaier Centerfield. And finally, former Cleveland Guardian catcher Francisco Mejia. That is your Tampa Bay Rays starting lineup. And now on to your White Sox. We're at back on the south side and home starting with first batting shortstop Tim Anderson, what else can we say about him? <laughs> He's that good. Yes. And then CRA is like. CRA. 
Oh, center field. Yes, uh, at center field, batting second, Luis Robert. Batting third, first baseman, Jose Abreu. Long time. White Sox. Next. Uh, left so, field. Yeah. Yeah. Eloy. Yeah. Oh wait. Yeah. Grandel. Grandel. Oh, Grandel. Uh, Yasmani. Up, up fourth. Yeah. Yes. Yasmani. Grandel, and he's on the catcher. Yep. Yeah, catcher. And batting fifth, left field. Eloy Jimenez. Up, the sixth batter. Designated hitter, we have Gavin. Gavin Sheets. And then batting seventh is the second baseman. Uh, Larry. Larry Garcia. Batting eighth, the right field, we have uh, Andrew. Andrew Vaughn. And batting ninth. Third baseman, Jake. Jake Berger. And on the mound for the Sox was young superstar, a lot of potential, a lot of promise, Dylan Cease. And he more than delivered in this matchup with eight strikeouts, limited the walks, limited the hits, almost went six solid innings, just one batter short, five two errors, but... Fantastic, great performance by Dylan Cease. Definitely what the Sox ordered and needed in this matchup. The Sox offense was pretty minimal in this matchup, but Dylan Cease's performance helped lead the way for the Sox, and they only needed free runs to win this game. Now for a little bit of the highlights. The Sox got on the board fast in the second inning. They got on the board. And this was important for them, getting up to a strong start, taking the lead, 1-0 lead after two innings. And Jake Berger was one of the main reasons for that. He was very good in this game. He had two RBI in this game. And the White Sox scored in the second inning on a pass ball. Francisco Mejia had a, a big problem. Drew Asmussen for a wild pitch. Mejia couldn't control it. And the run at third scored to give the Sox the 1-0 lead. Then in the third inning, the Sox again, after shutting down the, the Rays for free innings, scored in a big way with a Jake Berger home run. Jake Berger, after the first pitch of the inning, Drew Asmussen threw one right down uh, like higher up middle of the plate and Jake Berger said I'm looking for a Big Mac and he hit it out of there bomb 2-0 socks and Drew Asmussen that was really his only huge error of the night he was pretty solid the rest of the game but just that one bad pitch he wished he could have had him back they threw to the knife hitter Jake Berger after a free it was 2-0 move on to the bottom of the fifth the Sox again got a Jake Berger RBI, solid single, scoring the runner from third to make it 
to zero sucks. And they are able to get Drew Asmussen out of the game after this inning. So he only went five innings. And in the sixth inning, the Rays got on the board with help of um, Rondo Franco got on base and the G-Man Choi, big double to score him. And then Yanni Diaz, big double to score G-Man Choi. But the Sox were able to limit that. Aaron Bummer was really bad, but he limited the damage. The Sox got out of the six, up three to two. And pretty much that's it. The Sox limited the damage. Kyle Hendricks was fantastic out of the pen to close the ninth. Sox came away with a much-needed 3-2 W. Win going to Dylan Cease. Lost Drew Rasmussen and saved to Kyle Hendricks his third of the season. White Sox improved to 5-2. Raised 4-4 record. And this is just an example of a game. Solid pitching. Hits, timely hits. And little errors. Do you have anything to add? That's what I what I got to add. Yeah, that's that's basically all up. And it was a good game. Had a nice flow to it. Definitely favored the White Sox. And we walk away with a victory. Um, and this time we were able to get fireworks once yeah. again. Actually, yeah, fireworks back is a nice way to, to, to come out of this game victorious um albeit being a a a cold cold day so yeah here we are um, a week later uh is very memorable and coming up next we will get into the fire fc we have two games to recap so stay tuned we continue now we're going to move on to our chicago fire fc talk here we have two games to break down first fire at soldier field on a saturday night prime time fair against the la galaxy this one was hyped to the max. When the schedule came out, people were like, I gotta drop what I'm doing. I need to get to Soldier Field to watch LA Galaxy. I've been waiting my whole life to see the Galaxy fire at Soldier Field. And the statistics definitely showed that people more than happy to go see the LA Galaxy fire because they sold like over 30,000 tickets and estimated attendance was like over 30,000. And I saw a headline that was the fifth most attended fire match ever. Yeah. So definitely people went and drove to watch um, El Galaxy yeah. and Chicharito. Yeah, definitely would have been cool to be part of, but we had something to go to. But yeah, there's a, uh, at the same time, they, they had a official tailgate that was happening right. here that was big. And they did. To provide like food and uh, beer to the fans that could you know be there. So that's when you know it's big. Okay, now we're going to move on to the lineups. DJ Benny Bull can do LA Galaxy. I'll do the fire. Okay. First, I guess you can go first because they're the visiting. Yes, that's team. correct. All right. At goal, we have Bond. James Bond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know his name. But the name is Bond. So his name right? is James. First name. <laughs> so, yeah. James All Bond. right. 
on the defensive, they got Edwards, Williams, Kulebali, Ara, Arario, and then at midfield, they also have Lerdam, Delgado, and also Grand Seer, Revelson, D'Souza, and their striker forward, the all-time amazing, you call him a legend at this point, Javier Chicharito Hernandez. Oh yeah, he's a legend. That's, that's correct. I'm sure many Chicago fans were looking forward to seeing Oh, yeah. P- people Rico. probably mourning, thrilled yeah. to see him in person. Yeah. I know he's had some injury problems. Um, but, yeah. yeah, now he's back and better than ever. All right. Now for the far starting lineup, we have in goal. This lineup's pretty similar to what we had lately, but in goal, Chicago Salina. Defense, we have Boris Sekulic. Wyatt Onsberg. Back from the COVID crap, he had to miss... Rafa, Chios, the captain. Miguel, inconsistent Navarro. Then we move on to midfielders. We have Stanislav Ivanov, Federico Navarro, Mauricio Paneda, Johnny Bornstein, and for strikers, Gaston Jimenez. And finally, Casper Sibilko. And before you say, where was... um. The man, Shakiri, he missed the game <laughs> due to injury. Yes. Precaution. It's more precaution than like a legit injury. He pulled something in the match a couple of matches ago, and they're just taking it easy, trying to figure out when he come back. So right now, the signs look positive, but he's missed this match. Don't want to aggravate no. something that could cause something down the line. And, and then yeah. miss out one more. Yeah. No, yeah. For yeah. summary, yeah, Ivanov is it should be up there. Yeah. yeah, but like they went with this new formation. Ivanov's been solid. He got off to a great start. He scored some early goals in the season. He's kind of been a little bit ice cold lately, but to his defense, it's not like the whole team has been scoring goals every night. Like we can't stop scoring. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Our offense has been very poor, so I can't blame it all on uh, Ivanov. Just I think the team is getting used to the new dynamic, the new pressure. Because last year, frankly, there was no pressure. People were like, the fire stink. It's not a surprise. But this year, there's more pressure now with the big signings. So the team needs to start scoring some goals, like even some goals. That's exactly right. So, yeah, for the match, summarize it. There's nothing uh, too big to really <laughs> go over. Um, we cut to the chase. This ended in a nil-nil draw. But as you can see, there was some hard play. Oh, yeah. There was some solid play. Yeah, yeah we knew that coming in. Some <laughs> chances, minimal on both sides. Shots on goal, zero for both. But there was yeah. shots taken nine to seven respectively. I couldn't stop in that department. But overall, this game was pretty dull. So if you're someone who's like nonstop scoring, nonstop shots on goal, that's only what I watched. This one you should have just forgot, skipped it. 
because yeah. it's not for you. Yeah, I wonder if they did go into um, what's what is the stoppage time in this one because they went to um, the this was like a, I don't I don't think there was any big like red or yellow cards. So probably pretty short. Yeah, there's quite a bit though. And yellow cards. Oh, there were some yellow cards. From the, from the, the fire FC. No red cards. Four and then to two. As we, I mean, you could have anticipated, but yeah. Let's uh, see, who got the yellow cards? It was... Yeah, they had, like, Chios had a foul for early for us. Pineda, Gaston, and... Um, Navarro. Navarro yeah, had fouls. Yeah. I don't know. It didn't hurt us though. We drew with Ali Galaxy. Which if you told me before the match there's gonna be a nil jill draw, I would have taken it. But also as a fan, we could have beat LA Galaxy. That would have been so amazing. Not that Alexi the Galaxy are like the greatest team in the must right now. But right. that would have been so amazing to beat the LA yeah. Galaxy. The anticipation is there. But I'll nope. take the draw anyway. Yeah. No matter what, they're still like one of the Oh yeah, premier teams. Premier teams. Uh, puns not intended but yes they are and then looking forward to this was not part of the regular season but uh, no. this next game we got to attend in person so this past Tuesday we went to see the third game of the US Open Cup tournament and the Fire FC faced the USL League A one team known as the Union Omaha. I think it was actually like United or something, something like that. Yeah. Who cares really? Who cares really? <laughs> as if as if uh, Fire fans really care. But they, they didn't they didn't really uh, you know they didn't really open it up to you know all the seats all the sections they kept it to one side you know the corners only and so. Yeah, this was uh, not your typical, you know, matchup as well, um, but it was definitely an adventure to be had, and yeah, yeah, you, you, uh, Union, uh, United Omaha. There, there were actually quite a few fans that were there for that owl. Oh yeah, the, for that owl team. There were some fans and like true teams. Story. There was two guys because we sat in um, section one ten, which is like the middle of the field, and we we're like third row middle right there like seats nine ten so like right middle view and like in the first row where we were there were these two guys and they both were like hecklers and they were like ah like screaming every minute and what's I, the real difference and for sure i i thought they were yeah they made like a toilet joke so it's more point but like um it was like yeah it's like uh same shit or something like that yeah and I thought Same they were like shit, different toilet, right? Literally, they said that. Yeah, I thought they were like diehard Alice fans because they're like, oh. And it turned out they were from Chicago. They yep. were not United. That's Omaha right. They were just massive trolls. But I wish they had left because I thought they were like just loving Omaha. But no. Yeah, they're like we don't need that here. You know what I mean? But fans around us did tell them to stop. So. Yeah, because they were annoying. But they're funny at the same time. They were so, funny. So we kind of give them that. I gotta give them the funny factor. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Um, for the lineups, honestly, I think we, I don't really care mentioning the Omaha besides passing. Basically, the third string. Omaha's lineup was in goal, new defense, Jaiba, Kutsen, Claudio, 
El Disca, Mepfield, Rivera, Willis, Doyle, Brito, Strikers, Malcolm, and Bruce. They have no images whatsoever. And <laughs> they are probably decent because they did make it to the third round of the Mar Hunt U.S. Open tournament. So they did beat some teams to make it to the third round. But frankly, if you were predicting like a winner of the Mar Hunt, you, no one would ever say, obviously Omaha is the best chance. No one would ever say that. But the fire... Not all MLS teams also played either. No, there's like... 17 MLS teams played. They said, like, the other ones did, bit, could, yes. didn't qualify. Like, some they said the stadiums were too crappy for the Such players. as Charlotte. I don't as, know. As what, big as they are. I don't know what they meant by, like, yeah. too crappy. Like, what's the factors they look for? Yeah. Like, they can only fit 10 fans. Yeah. Like, what do they look for? I believe that's hiding the fact of just them being a new team and not oh, having yeah. chemistry yet. It's probably new. Yeah. So they don't want them to put them in there and then flop. And then look bad. It was like, oh, they're not, this team is not a success whatsoever. Well, it's a brand new. If they if they were to like, you know, yeah, flop, but yeah, in this right. tourney. Uh, now BZ Vanderbilt will take charge of the fire starting lineup. All right. So you heard me say third string. Yep. A minute ago. <laughs> so we had quite a bit of fire players that we have not seen ever before. Yeah, true. Or they were a part of the bench. Albeit the deep bench, so, <laughs> deep bench. so as, as the term we use, but it's usually to be funny. Lizzie for basketball. The, 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 the deep, the deep benches. <laughs> the Matt Thomas is the world. Yeah, the uh, yeah. <laughs> Who's that other guy? The um, Marco Simonovich. Or doesn't that get that time. Liga or no that what's what's that guy Hill? Yeah, Malcolm Hill. Yeah. At one point, but we can say he's like second string. Um, Devon Dotson. He's the first string. Right? Yeah. Now he's up. <laughs> no. And now look at him. He's he's waved and now, um, at least the Windy City Bulls picked him up. So like you thank know, goodness. thank goodness. I tr- I mean I troll him. Felt, felt bad, but now actually I like the guys. So yeah. Like... Felt bad. Felt bad for him. It's like why? Why now? Because he was a is decent he, like. Shooter, is he really worse shooter. than like Matt Thomas for some I know, place? right? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's a better three point shooter. Right, let's him. get back to but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, back to the deep benches. <laughs> we had quite a bit here, but what we worried about having the starters. We knew we we're not going to get Shakari, right? No, but, no. Uh, big Shack, if you will, um, and we knew that we weren't going to necessarily get all the starters. You know, to come up at least at least of you know five, as if you're in basketball. But yes. Um, we got some, and we'll start. We'll start at goal. We had number eighteen, Richie, and then defenders. We have number thirty-six, Reynolds. Number five, Chihos. Number twenty-seven, Burks. Number fourteen, Espinosa. Good to see John out there. And there was another John. That was on the other team too. Yeah. Spelled the same. <laughs> we had two Johns. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, for us, right? Um, so then we have the return of one of our faves, number nine, oh four. Yeah. So yeah. Over. Number thirty-seven. Um, at midfield. Yeah. Really, they played like the back line. I guess they all had the four as defenders, and then the four being 
uh, in the midfield. Yeah, the, same spot. Their form, their formation was pretty clear cut. Yeah, the four four one one formation. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thirty seven. We had Cas- Casas, uh, and the thirty five Orego, and the thirty two Rodriguez, and then our forwards, our uh, attacking midfielder. We had number forty, the young Brian Gutierrez. Yeah. Good to see Goody out there. He was playing fairly well. And then what's his first name? John. Yeah, it's again the John that we mentioned of actually for us. The f- real forward, the main striker, number twenty six, John Duran. Yeah, for the lineup, the ones I was most excited to see was John Duran. I heard great things about him. He's very young. He's not even 20 years old. The hype about him is Under 20s. very real. And I got to say, in non-defense men players, he was the best performance-wise. He had a lot of great one-on-one shots against um, Nunu, the goalie. He had a lot of good opportunities. And he had some shots on goal that were so close, just off the target. But Duran definitely has a lot of speed factor. And when he gets the ball, stuff happens, which you're looking for. That's right. He needs to be more refined. But that'll come with time and experience. That's exactly right. And then um, we'll get into... I know we mentioned the starters. They came in as substitutes. So we well, let's just start mentioning now. We had Chihos come in for the defense. Eventually, well, he was in. or he was in rather. Oh wait, yeah. Um, actually, going forward, um, Saboko. Saboko came in number eleven. Yeah. In the um, in the midfield, and then eventually we had uh, more talent yeah, with Basera, and then um, Ivanov. As well in, yeah. in the forward positions. Could we go and Miguel and Marlon, yeah. Really refreshing. <laughs> I believe they realized they're like, all right, maybe at the same time, you know, they knew it wasn't going to be like the best, but like they didn't want to, like, I guess, um, I guess they want to rest them and they didn't want them to like go hard, like, because you get beat up for like the next regular game, right? So but yeah, it's good uh, to have them come in. Basically, how it went. Was after halftime, both teams had some chances to fire more though. It was nil nil after halftime, and fifty third a little bit after halftime. Captain defenseman, he was not captain for this game, but he usually is. Rafa Chios had an excellent opportunity when he was fouled by the Owls, and they chose Rafa to be the penalty kick um, kicker, and. Who was the foul on? Do you remember? It was uh, Duran, or it looks like Rivera. Oh, Rivera. Oh, it's Duran. Rivera fouled. Yeah. Chios got the kick, and as ever, Chios so dependable. He easily kicked the penalty kick to make it one nil, fire, which is big key. And. Later, of course, the Owls tied it. The fire couldn't hold. They tied it 1-1, And there's some substitutions made on both sides. A lot of changing parts. 
And this game had to go to extra overtime, extra time. So extra time, rare that we see that. I know, rare. Yeah. So on top of having, uh, you know, stoppage time, they eventually did have to go to twice extra time, as that is the rule in this U.S. Open tournament. And we're up to, we got to a tie. Yeah, this was a based on the knockout format. So as I explained two 15-minute extra time periods, and if it's still undecided by then, it goes to penalty kicks. Yeah, so the, in regulation, it was 2-2. Two, two. So it had to go to, um, to PKs, and, yeah, which is what that, we wanted, but we thought we could have finished off without it. Yeah, it's so devastating. The fire scored very, very late. There's like a minute left in the extra time. Uh, Rev Chios got fouled. He took the penalty kick, banked it in, two to one fire. I was going nuts. I was like, it's over. And I got behind us like, Me too. I'm sorry. They got rid of that a few years ago. It will be continuing until the buzzer is like, No golden goal. And I was like, what the beep? And I was right. so angry. Not I thought, this it, <laughs> I thought it was over. And I texted my mom. And I was like, the fire won two to one. And, she, and then she was like, yeah. And then I, like a minute later. Take I like, that back. I was like, actually, no. Unsend message. I was like, actually, no, it's not over. And then... <laughs> Of course, the fire are partying too hard, and off the bench, Alex Touche is like, "I need to make a name for myself." He scored a devastating <laughs> goal to make it. Two was like Touche to that crappy ass. Two to two, and this was, I was be, I was yeah. cussing. I was so angry at this. What the beat? I, I was so, so not surprised. I, like I saw it coming a mile away. The fire were gonna fail. Like we scored the two one lead, and we fought as golden goal. Based on how they played, they must have thought it was, yeah. but wasn't, and Al scored. So, of course, they had to go to penalty kicks. All right, to penalty kicks. <sighs> yeah, big sigh on that. Ugh. <laughs> of course. <laughs> We're looking pretty good, though, in this after the first Oh, yeah. yeah. We looked decent in the penalty kicks, but... We couldn't capitalize. The two guys that I am most expected to miss were the two that missed. <laughs> because... <laughs> Um, Casper Savilko, he's been so inconsistent. Like, we're paying him all his big bucks, and all, all I could hear about from, like, Intercontinental Podcast and most experts, like, Savilko's time at the Philadelphia Union was beyond great. He'll become <laughs> a fantastic striker in Chicago. Well, I've seen squat so far. He has not looked the stunning striker <laughs> with skills that are beyond, now, yeah. rep- beyond amazing. Now, yeah. But he, his shot attempt was just poor. I don't know, did he slip on the grass? Like, did he have something in his eye? But it was an awful... Picked uh, the wrong side. Awful <laughs> opportunity. He kicked it, like, it was straight in the middle, which was okay. But straight in the middle, and it was, like, bounced off the top of the post. Like, top of the middle... It didn't make it. Crossbar. I was like, what are you yeah. doing? Yeah, there was a small chance, actually. I actually remember that moment, especially. Right, it, like, didn't roll in almost. It, it almost rolled in, but I guess the fans kind of clued the goalkeeper <laughs> in. And it's like, then he finally kicked he it out. He found it, yeah. Finally kicked it out. I'm like, oh, yes. I don't know if it would have counted anyway. Like, since it bounced off and missed, would it have counted? It needs to be straight in. Uh, maybe, maybe it would No, yeah, I mean, anything is fine, just as long as... Right. It's basically unlimited time. There's no time. There's no time for a goal. To, it's like as long as it, at some point, the goalkeeper doesn't stop it, and then it passes the white line. That's that's the goal. Right. That's a goal and... right there. That's that's how like own goals get happen. Yeah. You know? 
occur. For the Owls, yeah. first man, Kamenta. Of course, made it. So it was 1 0 Owls. Second opportunity, the man of the match. The only guy who could score any goals for us, Rafachios, came up and he was calm, cool, collected. He said, I'm looking for a trifecta in penalty kicks. And he did it easily. That's so right. Rafa, free penalty kicks made. He was the source of offense for the team. So 1 1. Second one, Androcic for the Owls. He didn't have any problems because Bencher Ritchie, I gotta say, thank goodness he's not the starting goalkeeper because boy did he stink. <laughs> thank goodness he's the first Charlie. Because he's Ugh, not, he's not look good. I don't want to say that, but he didn't look good. And I know the defense can be blamed too, but the fact that the defense was actually not that bad. No, yeah. But Richie just looked unprepared. Correct. Uh, next, John Espinosa. Oh, yes, who's another bright spot. Came up and he took care of business. So two, to um, yeah, two. Yeah, I believe we gave him confidence too. Yeah. I believe at one point he was close to us. But throughout the night, um, or uh, yeah, throughout the night, um, there was quite a bit of fanfare. There yeah. was quite a bit of excitement like towards him. There was. So We got to see him really close because yeah. at times he was super close to where we were. Yeah. I believe at one point like there was a sub that went on and then someone, they were really like um, chanting like Espinoza and then also for, um, uh, for 04 as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, and... so no, not much excitement for Saboko, but I don't, no. know, I don't know his name is not that channelable. But not really. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure like you know we stick with with who we knew best. Okay. Uh, third shot for Owls, Mesa, the only guy who missed. He missed. So the fire we're feeling good. I'm feeling good. It was two to two after three shots. Next, Styles of Iona took care of business. Kutsin took care of business. So so tied. Then, <laughs> Victor, the guy who's heckled the most. Basera. The two people kept heckling him. The hecklers kept being like, you stink, Victor. And they kept being like, later they switched their mantra. At first, like, you stink. Then they're like, Victor, Victor, he's our man. He's our hero. Like, they kept being really too, too pro Victor. Yeah, he said, like, I'll give you that one. And yeah. uh, that, they changed our minds. Yeah, they were like, Victor. Like, everyone, Victor came, they were joking, like, Victor's got to be the man to take the penalty kick. Of course, he came to do it. But he made it, though. Yeah, they did it just to kind of, I guess cool. they threw us, threw, to throw us off. It's like, yeah. oh, we kind of know you might, you won't get this next one. And then, like, just oh, all that did, for though. nothing. Like yeah. like the one after him, right? Uh, <laughs> Hyping us up. Menda, just whatever tell. it was, made it. Ma- so then, oh, Matez Dioga. We made it. Yeah. Then it went to the final one for the fire, the most inconsistent manly man on the team. Miguel Navarro <laughs> came up, madly man. It's like, I'm gonna miss this, and of course he did. Yeah. And then the owls it's too young brought out some random man off the street. He's like, I'm gonna win this for the owls, and he made it. Of course. So down the fire, oh, lost, devastated, crowd booing, people booing. It was like a mix of boos and also silence. Yeah, and the few like, fans for the Owls were like going crazy, ripping their shirts off, like just couldn't stop screaming. And the Owls marched all into the field, like all the players went crazy. And like it was, it was, it was kind of like an atmosphere where like, in for example, March Madness. Polar. Polarizing. Like Mark Magic's example one, for example, let's say uh, 
a one seed loses to a 16 seed, it kind of felt like that. Yeah. Like a 16 seed won. <laughs> That's like, right. Oh, the shock. Like, but yeah. like the also the um the underdog. Right. Uh, the most factor. <laughs> and coming into it, I thought the chances of the fire losing were like five percent. But yeah, of course they exactly. proved me wrong. Lost that five percent went to PKs and yeah, and school this. And uh, like all the qualifiers that usually go to a victory, we had an advantage. Like possession, we dominated. Shots, we had a little bit more. On goal, pretty even. Block shots, we had a lot more. Yeah. Passes dominated. They still took like about the same. Accuracy dominated. Corners dominated. Crosses dominated. Offsides, a lot worse. Overall, we had what's the stats in our favor? Well, we could. We didn't take enough. Um, there's, I guess, there was some that didn't take the shots that we needed. Yeah. Like we we should have given it Too to Saboko, you know, sooner. I guess. Or... Yeah, I feel like. They play mostly the V team guys, and then like later on when it went to extra time, uh, Ezra Henderson is like, we should try to win this game. So he brought in like the A team guys to come in, and exactly, it was too late though. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, of cursing and all. <laughs> Afterwards, Coach Ezra. Oh my gosh, this could have been more fun than the game itself. Yeah. Um, oh yes. Yeah. Well, they needed to hear that, right? So, yeah, he was very critical of the team after the loss yeah. to a USL team. Yeah, he yeah. went, like, in a huge rant, like, and the headline is, like, as a said, reprimand Chicago Fire FC after you. I'm pissed, pissed off. I'm pissed off. That's what I first saw in the, in the tweet that popped up out of nowhere. I don't blame and, him. Um, if anything, it was then the recommended list, and it's right, like, yeah. right, let's I saw it let's too. do that, and it needed to be heard. <laughs> yeah, um, round town. Yeah, this is a especially. quote. After the team was upset and a stunning defeat, he said, "Quote, frankly, I'm pissed off. Like the team are trying to build here. It doesn't matter who's off pitch. I don't think tonight we just played car fire soccer, Hendrickson. Not at all. It was just not intense <laughs> enough." We didn't play fast enough. I'll fight too right. casual on the night. We warned guys, these guys, that when you play a team like this from a lower division, they feel like they have a lot to prove. They're going to come. They're going to bring some intensity. They're going to bring the effort. We have to match that. I don't think we'd do that tonight. And right. he was right. The team, even though we're on Twitch, played down <laughs> to a lower Apparently. competition. And yeah, there. unsurprisingly lost to a crap team. And we just, I don't know. I'm I'm done talking about the fire's right. performance. Then, yeah, this we this, got we got uh we got the future to look forward to. You just need to know that they lost and immediately eliminated from the Marhunt US Open tournament and the Allies move on to the fourth round. That's but right. in Solace, we were not the only MLS team to lose to a team from a lower division. The Columbus crew lost to Detroit City. The champs. <laughs> so luckily we're not the only ones to go home. Of yesteryear. Yeah. But not Solace, though. The Fire became the first ever team in the Marhunt US Open tournament to lose to a team from that division. So we, we can have that history books in big writing. First team to lose to that team division, Chicago Fire FC. No. <laughs> still in disbelief. I was, yeah, it was, it's days ago. I'm still just uh, very lost. Those two news bits that, like, stats that came out, the coach, and then now to this <laughs> official MLS thing. Like, really hit home, yeah. <laughs> so to speak. I guess I hit home that 
even if you're in a, b- a better division, doesn't mean you're guaranteed a W. Exactly. I mean, we still played, but we didn't yeah, play to the, the level that, that we should have, yeah. But we should have won, That's right. not lost. Exactly. Oh, well. Yeah, moving forward, um, what do we got for this weekend uh, for, for the Fire? Uh, the Fire's next match yes. is on ESPN. For once, on, not stream. On ESPN in a primetime, I believe it's primetime, primetime matchup they're Where? taking on. Minnesota oh. United on the road. All right, another United. This team. could be a good one. <laughs> Minnesota Fire, and you know what? Let me look. Yeah, I'm not sure how well, Minnesota's played. We know the next home game will also be in over a week. Yes, that's on 30th against Red Bulls. I do. I do the Big Shack smile. Because if you are available for that match, it's a nighttime one. They are giving away to the first 5,000 fans a. Basketball jersey, Shakiri jersey. So you can get it's all red. You can get that. You'll love it if you're going yeah, to that game. That's right, but it is questionable if he will be playing that game. Let alone. Well, yeah, uh, he might not even be playing enough. But. Uh, this weekend's game, let alone next weekend. Uh, <laughs> I apologize. Yeah, we're, we're really hoping. Oh, here what? we go. They really changed it to Dick Sporting Goods Park. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, yeah, here we go. It's at a 4 p.m. start. Fire. Minnesota United at local time, right? I believe so. Alliance Field in Minnesota. Oh, oh, Alliance Field. Yeah. And it's a travel company. According to a message, you need to know this kind of information. Minnesota and Chicago have met just four times because Minnesota was very new. With each team having scored six goals in those meetings, Minnesota won first two, fire, avoid defeat in most recent two, winning in 2019 and 2020, drawing. And interesting fact that could bode well for the Fire if they can really score a goal, which is very hard for them. But the Loons have conceded six times in their first seven games this season, with only three teams having conceded fewer so far in 2020. And that's pretty good, though. So that might not be bode well. Um, the Fire played his 4-0-0 draw of the season against Galaxy. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so overall, Minnesota, according to the experts, has been okay. Two wins, one draw, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Gaga so, shall return. We'll see how they play. Gaga Slolina, the 17-year-old GK, shall return for this, so yeah. it should be better shape. This is our only game on ESPN of the year, I believe. So if you're available to watch this Literally one on ESPN, and ESPN Deportes as well, you can watch yeah. the game. Yeah, keep in mind this one will be away, right. so you won't have the option for that. But yes, we are in prime time on the big time network. And it's also not ESPN Plus, don't worry. Because when I was in the bathroom at the fire game, they had it broadcasting ESPN Plus, and through the radio, it was the announcer. And he was the kind of one I don't like with the nasally voice. And he's like, the Chicago Fire play. I don't like that. So <laughs> exactly. I believe it's not going to be that. It could even be Tyler Herons, because I know he's yeah. been doing some ESPN matches. Hopefully. So it could be him for this one. If so, hopefully. Because he's not having an easily voice. That's right. He's a good broadcaster, not a crappy one. Now, Tyler Terrence is our very own he's our uh, guy, game yeah. announcer. He's our guy, right? yeah. yeah, too. So, yeah, I really hope for that. Um, yeah, half, at least half and half. <laughs> thank you for listening to our lawn... Chicago Fire FC recap. I know we said it was going to be fast, 
quick and to the point, but we just had a lot yes. to discuss. And yeah, I mean, anger. we're we're in there in person, uh, for right. coming out loud, and the it definitely felt like a long ride home. It <laughs> <laughs> did so, after the loss. So, so yeah. Oh well. We'll definitely go to some more fire games in the future. Hopefully, they can win because of the four Chicago Fire matches I've ever been to, starting last year. The Fire have only won ever. one out of four, which is a one nil Salt Lake victory in October of last year. The rest, Orlando shutout, um, Philadelphia shutout, and now this one a PK loss. So they've done That's it all. Right. The draws, the loss, the wins. That's right. We've seen it all. all. Scenarios. PKs, we've seen them all. So thank you. Stay tuned for more on Lock Sportsman. Howdy, it's CJ Hawk, co-host of the Bulldog Starboard Show. We're continuing on with our discussions here for episode 99. We are ecstatic for episode 100, but first we need to get through these disappointing recaps before we can even hope of celebrating for episode 100. So let's continue with some more soccer talk here on podcast first we begin with saturday's match between the chicago fire and minnesota united this was a road game in minnesota it was actually on espn this is the only match for the fire this season on espn and though it was on espn it kind of felt at times it's a normal game because the colored uh, play-by-play man for the broadcast was Tyler Terrence, who is the Chicago Fire's normal play-by-play man on WGN. I knew there was a possibility because I listened to a podcast that he's the host of, and he had mentioned that he does games for ESPN as well. So it just happened to be scheduled on a Saturday night's ESPN broadcast for this matchup. Let's get to the lineups, then I'll discuss the goals and what happened, and then I'll give a kind of a breakdown of the fire in the future. So for lineups, we have first for the home-sided loons, we have in goal, St. Clair, defense, Fisher, Boxwell, Disvasi, Lawrence, Midfielders, Aguera, Trap, Fragpants, Reynoso, Lod, and Emerilia. Reynoso is probably the best player on the Loons offensively. He's a good passer, good scorer, and our inability to stop Reynoso definitely inhibited us from getting anywhere near a positive result. So first for the fire, now we go to their lineup. For the fire starting 11, we have pretty similar, a few changes here and there by Ezra Hendrickson. We have in goal, Gago Salinina, defense, Miguel Navarro, Rafa Chios, Wyatt Almsberg, Boris Sekulik, 
midfield, Gaston Jimenez, Federico Navarro, Brian Gutierrez, Jordan Shakiri back from injury, and Stanislav Ivanov. And at striker, we have Kasper Sabilko. That was a fire starting eleven. Coming into this one, Minnesota had started to get a little bit more momentum. They had similar record to us so far this season. But Minnesota, according to the broadcasters, is a talented team. And they are one of the Western Conference powerhouses. And I was hoping that the Fire would be able to limit the damage and pretty much win or draw like we've been doing all season, which have been very low-scoring affairs, 0-0-1-0-1-1. That's pretty much how the Fire have been getting results. Besides, the one outlier, is in my opinion, which was weeks ago when they took on last month Kansas City and won 3-1. To me, that's been an outlier. We've only had two games where we scored more than one goal. And the majority of the games have been zero goals. And one fun fact, which is not really fun, this is more dispiriting. But the Fire have not scored a goal since that Sporting Kansas City W back in mid-March. So since then, the Fire have scored a grand total of zero goals. And before you say, they scored two goals in the tournament game on Tuesday. That doesn't count. I'm just counting MLS League games. They've scored a grand total of zero goals in a month, which is not good. And they played like four or five matches since then, too. It's not like they've only played one match and they scored zero goals. So now to the summary of this match. Frankie, I won't get it over with fast because I'm just in a bad mood based on their performance. This wasn't a sensational performance. Wasn't one where the fire just looked on another level where they had like tons of shots on goal and brilliant passing, brilliant shots where they couldn't get a goal. It wasn't like that. The fire did have more shots and shots on target actually compared to the loons, but that did not matter in any way and the fire did have more crosses less corners possession we were kind of dominated in that regard but it wasn't like the fire were completely blown away on the score sheet one of the main reasons we struggled was we had three yellow cards which led to a red card that was a big problem for us and Another thing to mention, oftentimes the Fire's defense has been very solid, and Gagos Lenin has not had to make many save opportunities in most of these games, even the ones that we've been losing. He hasn't had many, like for example, let's say there's a barrage of shots on target, he blocks them all, he's looking great. There hasn't really been that. He's just been not allowing many goals because the Fire's defense has been such rock solid. This one, finally, they got to him. The defense had some holes in it compared to normal. And their loons were able to get three goals in the net. And the fire, of course, zero. So let's get to these goals first. 
The first one scored late. So for a time, from the first half and about 20 minutes into the second half, it was a nil-nil affair. Neither time sco scored yet. And like, okay, maybe the fire will just draw 0-0. I guess I'll take the one point. That was my gut instinct. I thought maybe we just score 0, but we would draw 0-0 because now our team looked like they were running on all cylinders. But one of the things that hurt us was that we had some yellow cards very early on. And about a little bit after halftime, Federico Navarro had a foul, which was just some normal defensive foul. I don't know if it warranted a yellow card, but the ref disagreed. And in the 72nd minute is when the Loons finally got on the board. When Reynoso had a good shot on target, assisted by Hongwei and Trap, Reynoso upper right hand corner and Gaga had no way to get it so it was a 1-0 lead for the Loons. Five minutes later Perico Navarro second defensive foul this one resulted in a second yellow card and a red card so he'll miss next week's game against the Red Bulls. After that the Fire realized the offense was non-existent so they made a number of substitutions John Spinoza coming in for Ivanov, Duran coming in for Savilko, Paneda coming in for Shakiri. And then after that, the Loons won the game with their second goal. Aguera got a good um, corner pass from Reynoso. Aguera header straight in 2 0. Then four minutes later, Rod. Had a great pass by Hongwei. And Rod pretty much duped out all the fire defenders one-on-one. -on -one. He passed, dribbled, broke their ankles. And then into the goal it went. And right after that he was substituted out. So I guess for him getting a goal before substitution was great. And that was all she wrote. 3-0 loss for the fire. And... St Am I starting to get concerned about the fire this season? Yes. Earlier I would have said no. The fire got off such a good start with the draws and picking up two wins. But I always along thought the fire's offense was going to be the death of them. The non-existent offense was going to cause us to struggle big time. And that's been proven lately. We've been picking up some draws. You no know, draws like for example against the Galaxy and FC Dallas but eventually a team's going to break the defense open and score and this is what happened in this one Minnesota broke it open the fire had no counterattack, no way to get any on the board and that was it so moving on to the upcoming match the next one for the fire is on April 30th at home at Soldier Field and if you're interested in getting a Basketball styler Shakiri Dezerzi. The first 5,000 fans will get a Shakiri basketball jersey if they arrive on time. And that's probably the most exciting thing, probably, because probably the Fire will not score again based on the track record as of late. So, thank you for listening to this recap of the Fire. Checking the standings before we go. 
in the Eastern Conference now, the Fire are in 10th place with 10 points. And eight games played, we have two wins, two draws, I mean two uh, losses and four draws. Which isn't horrible. We actually lead the Eastern Conference in most draws. And overall, we are second in the league, just behind Portland, who has five draws. So up there in draws. Losses, we only have two, but I don't know. This our goal differential is actually decent too. It's zero, which is fine. We just need to start getting goals. That's our big problem. And goals scored in the Eastern Conference, we have the least scored by far. The next closest we are is Cincinnati and Miami, which have nine goals scored, and Charlotte has eight. And goals allowed, we are tied with Philly with five allowed, and overall, we have the least amount of goals scored in both leagues, Western and Eastern. We're only one behind Kansas City and Vancouver in the West, but still most uh, least amount of goals scored. So now we're going to move on after this. We might as well continue in the same segment. We're going to discuss the Chicago Red Stars matchup in the Challenge Cup. The Red Stars took on the Kansas City Current in a Challenge Cup matchup. This one, the Red Stars were missing a lot of key pieces, which was a big problem. And honestly, the Challenge Cup, I'm not sure if it's placed in the league at the moment. Is it more of a preseason affair, or is it more of a very important tournament a team wins and they get a huge trophy and it's lauded throughout the year or is it just a preseason tournament you win it yippee you don't oh well but I'm not sure yet and as each of the bull I might be leaning towards the second option because so far we've been watching not many of the matches granted a lot of them have been on times that were horrific for other activities we had planned. Like, it's on the same, same time as wrestling match we're going to, can't go. Or it's on the same time as a church activity, can't go. It's like we're just having bad timing with the scheduling. But let's see. So for this game, it was at the road, Kansas City, Kansas, Children's Murky Park, 5,000 fans in attendance. This one, would have been good for the fire to get the W, but it wasn't going to be um, devastating if they lost because I don't believe they were getting to the semifinals of the Challenge Cup even with the W. Now for the lineups for this one. We'll start for Kansas City first. It could have been the revenge game. And goal for Kansas City... Former Red Star, just of last year, 
DJ Brandon Bull, I met her in person. We got her autograph, actually. She's very nice. And that is Cassie Miller, goalkeeper for Kansas City. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> now for defenders, Elizabeth Ball, Taylor Leach, Jenna Weinbrenner, midfielders, Victoria Pickett, Christian Hamilton, Elise Bennett, Isabella Rodriguez, Christian Edmonds, Desiree Scott, and Mallory Weber. That is the lineup for this team. Now for the Red Stars, we have in goal Alyssa Nair, the starting goalkeeper, best one we have in net defense. We have Tane Malazzo, Kayla Sharples, Amanda Kowalski, midfield Aaron Wright, Tanko Aprico, Zoe Morris, Bianca St. George's, the Canadian superstar. Continue, Yuki Nagasato. Rasa DiBernaro and Sarah Griffith. Though there were missing players such as Rachel Hill, Kalia Watt, and Taryn Davidson, and more, we still had a chance to get a W, but it was not in the cards. The Red Stars were able to keep pace with Kansas City. And there's some shots on target both sides, some offsides. At half, it was 0-0. So this is where the Red Stars like it. They like the 0-0 ones, just like the fire. Both Chicago teams excel in the low-scoring affairs a lot of times, lately at least. They've been getting good results due to the 0-0s, 1-0s, 1-1s. But finally, Kansas City scored to open up the floodgates or so they fought so in the 50th minute alexis larrera who is substituted in had a right-footed shot top corner elise bennett with an assist so one nil kansas city but then only two minutes later the red stars equalized this matchup when bianca st george's had a Fantastic goal. It was assisted by Ella Stevens with a cross. Group pass by Ella. Right to Bianca. She duped out Cassie Miller. And Cassie Miller had no way to get it. So Bianca St. George's right-footed shot. Rolled in into the right corner off a good cross. One-to-one -one game. Then some substitution saves. Free kicks, blocks, yellow card to Christian Edmonds, the 74th. And the 76th minute, Christian Hamilton had a very, 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 and one more very close shot right there. Lise Burnett with the assist, 2-1 Kansas City, and that was it. After some missed shots and blocked shots, it ended in a 2-1 Kansas City W. And this was the final group stage match of the Challenge Cup. After that, it moves to the semifinals, then the final match, and the final on CBS. First for 
Might as well go to the semifinal matchups. First one will be May 4th. Ola Rain versus the Washington Spirit in Virginia. And the second one will be Kansas City Current and North Carolina Courage in Kansas City. My bet between these ones is probably Kansas City, I think, can take out Carolina Courage. It'd be a close one. Just based on the rosters. I know there's been injuries to Kansas City, which has been a big problem, but based on rosters. I think Kansas City can take out Courage and Spirit Olerain. Olerain has been fantastic in the Challenge Cup. Spirit have been pretty okay too. I'll probably lean towards the Spirit. And then in final, my bet could be current Spirit in the final. That'd be cool if the Spirit could win again because they won the 2021 season championship so winning the challenge cup after would be cool as well and that concludes these recaps for the fire and red stars see you soon for more on the little hawk's virtue